Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to another episode of The Proc Talks. I'm your host, Dario. And as always, before we, we jump into today's topic and welcome today's guests, please don't forget to get us a cup of tea, um, which helps us out a lot. And it's delicious and healthy. And now my um, honored guests today, I'm really happy to welcome um, uh, a a familiar face uh, for those who followed um, me with the podcast earlier, uh, like two years ago or something. Uh, Luca Lucas De La Rosa, also known as Lulu. Hi. And then um, a new face, um, Iago Franco Gonzalez, calling from Berlin. Um, <laughs> and today we want to talk mostly uh, um, about the debut album of. Uh, Iago's uh, project band. It's called Aqua Furtive. The album is called Road to Square One. It's dropping on April 1st. And um, yeah, Iago, can you tell us uh, what's it about and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about the road to releasing Road to Square One? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh... Well, first of all, thank you for for uh, inviting uh, me to this talk. And uh, yeah, like the the album essentially it, uh, deals with um, with the topic of uh, Alzheimer. Um, as some people that uh, have been following the band since the releases of the first two singles uh, may know, um, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer like over ten years ago now, actually. Um, and yeah, like um, after some time uh, of being in Berlin, um, trying to be in some projects and different bands and all, I decided to, you know, it would be easy to actually start my own. And when I started writing this album, um, yeah, I thought, you know, it was a good way to, to really um, relieve, I guess, uh, you know, the, the thing was going that we were going through in, in my family. So uh, the album itself, it's uh, it, it kind of has a few different perspectives of uh, different members of the family, and it kind of sees yeah like how uh, it, it well like three of the songs that have uh, lyrics, uh, <laughs> which is not many actually for the whole album, but 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 yeah. So like one of them is kind of my my point of view, uh, which is uh, amazing. And then we would have the path of loss, which is more like my father's point of view, and the title track "Road to Square One," which is uh, more of my mother's point of view, which I think is the person in the whole family who actually suffered the most um, with with this whole situation, because uh, it there was really at one point where she was really losing her her own sanity uh, dealing with with this, and and. Yes, as you go through the album, like there's a lot of instrumental tracks as well, which for me it's it's also I don't know. Uh, sometimes it's easier to 
to, I guess, go through the feelings with just music rather than actual uh, words. So, you know, one day you're feeling in a certain way, so you would sit down in, in the piano or so, and this is how uh, Flesh and Bones came out, for example. It was just, uh, yeah, just things that go through your head, you put down into, into, into music. Uh, and yeah, like then the path of the lost was, I guess, uh, a bit, uh, strange to write, I guess, because it's more of a, an interpretation of what I think my, my father was actually, um, going through, you know, cause I, you don't really understand actually what <laughs> this person is thinking or is, I could just see more of his reactions of, uh, the denial at first which was like he was really not accepting that uh, he was losing his mind and he was forgetting everything. And, and he got to, to, to this point where he was really like not accepting the situation. Uh, and then it kind of went into this kind of state where he just, he kept saying, you know, it was like, yeah, now I'm useless. Now I'm useless. Now I, I can't do anything now. And uh, yeah, it was, it was actually really uh, sad to see such a happy and like, Alive, man. He was he was living life every day, like seriously, the happiest person you would see. For him, his job, his everything was like a party. So this this change. I mean, we were lucky actually within our family because uh, Alzheimer hits people also very differently. Some people can lose all notion of themselves and who they know within like a few months. We we were lucky because he actually had a very gradual. Um, advancement in the, in the illness. So, so for like a good few years, he was still with us, but yeah, you could see that, uh, every time he was just going backwards, which is essentially what happens. And, then, um, uh, with road to square one, the actual title track was, uh, easier to, to actually put the feelings because it was, it was really like, <laughs> You know, I, I was with my mom for like most of it and I could really see her, her whole like thought process of it and her like almost suicidal states at some points where, where she was done with, with everything. And it was like, a, I mean, it still is obviously a, a tough fight. I mean, I think it has gotten better for her in the past few years. She's like obviously dealing with it a lot better now. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was quite, I guess, rough to, to write this in some ways because it is, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the lyrics themselves are, yeah, are, are a little rough at some points, but it is what it, what it was, you know, I wasn't trying to really water it down. Um, yeah, did you, did you, uh, did you sit down with your mom and talk about it that you're going to write this like, like this? And also, did you show her the lyrics once they were done and ask her what she thinks about them and stuff? Uh, well, I actually didn't like, uh, really tell her like, Oh, I'm writing an album out of this. I kind of like the process kind of started. And then once I was kind of, I had already done all the demo tracks and all, then I was like more mentioned about the project. Um, and like always, she was really, really supportive about it as well. Cause obviously, you know, like she, it's a big part of, of, of her in, in this album as well. So, um, so yeah, no, she, she has been really, really supportive about it as well, which is nice as well, considering that the whole, uh, um, donation project that we have, you know, like to, to, uh, give away the, the hundred percent of her revenue for the first three months of release. So obviously. 
yeah, for it's, it's almost as important for her as it is for me, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like the whole family overall is like it's been really behind this project a lot. Wonderful. Um, you mentioned that when you started this project, you you were in Berlin, um, like uh, yeah, looking for for different bands, different projects to be involved in, and then you started your own. Uh, but that was a couple of years ago, I think. And then um, you you were away from Berlin for some time. You've been back home in Lanzarote, right, for some time. Right. Yeah. Uh, now you're back in Berlin, um, but um, as we can see, I think uh, every, everyone who knows Lulu knows that they are not in Berlin either. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you um, recruited um, fellow musicians to contribute and to help you uh, in uh, bringing this project to life musically? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um... Uh, how, yeah, it started like when I I was in a band here uh, called My Neighbor, um, and like the band kind of just disassembled itself. <laughs> so after this, I was a bit tired of like you know like putting time into projects, and then like this kind of things happening and people walking out and whatnot. So I was like, I'm just gonna start my own project so that it's there, you know, like I can just take it at my own time, and like whatever happens it's there you know uh, and then i started looking for musicians one of them uh jerome the one of the guitarists that helped me with it jerome kaufman i actually met him at my old work in a bar um it was actually my day off but you know I, it was a bar so obviously I, i'd go to my, <laughs> my job on a day off uh and yeah it was like this this big guy with a guitar and long hair and whatnot. And I was like, he's probably a metalhead, you know, so I'm just going to go and get, ask him. And yeah, that's, that's how I met Jerome. And like, eventually we, we started like, uh, talking a bit about it. And like, um, the next person to, to join was a nice, uh, which I met through a Facebook group in, uh, here in Berlin, which is like just musicians in, in, in Berlin. And I asked for like singer and that's how I found a nice. And then we started like not long after we started tracking uh, a maze and the path of the loss came after. Uh, and then Lulu, Lulu, how did I meet Lulu? Actually, it was through the it was through the I think it was through also through Facebook like through the Nothing whole pro community sure. that was I think yeah. it was just through the whole pro community. We did it meet once in, in Scotland. We did uh, actually meet in person where yes. he came to, to Perth. Yeah. Where was that? Was it like Edinburgh or? It was in Perthshire. You came to Perth for like one day. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perth. We came to Perth okay. for one day and we did actually meet in person. We spent like a whole afternoon. But back, back then, I don't think the, the project was on yet. Well, so actually, I, I think I had like a couple of demos. Maybe I showed you and then like, um, and then, yeah, like, I kind of sent you what uh, was recorded at the time. And yeah, this whole process was like, <laughs> I remember the first uh, demo of Amaze that I sent Lulu. It was like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, very rough in the edges. <laughs> and then obviously Lulu went and made an absolute piece of art out of it. It was, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Lulu, how was how was your uh, involvement here? I mean, we know that uh, you, um, for example, with Soledad, you also play a huge role as a producer. 
um and also with, with i don't know string arrangements and 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 programming stuff and programming drums i don't know um so so how how did you did you get involved with this uh, from your perspective and 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 what what did you contribute in the end apart from the vocals that is uh, everyone who knows your uh, voice will hear that it's you <laughs> yeah probably uh it, it was really chaotic i think i'm involved in a lot of ways because um the you know when people hire me as a mixing engineer or a mastering engineer it's a very defined job it's like i get a certain set of files that i require and then i do a job that i know exactly what i'm going to do and then i send it back to them and and that's how that's how it is and so i can master albums or mix albums fairly quickly usually if that's the job but as soon as you get into production and arrangement it takes a creative side on it that makes it you know um it, it will be more chaotic in a way it'll be, it'll be more like there's gonna be a lot more bouncing back and forth me and iago just giving ideas just just saying like what do you think of this should i remove this should i add this and then um and then yeah i i did a lot in terms of the actual instruments just uh changing the drum patterns and then uh changing some things about the bass and then recording some a lot of the guitars myself and uh and the vocals and and by doing that you know i don't necessarily ask every single time hey are you awake can i change that note can i make it sharp or whatever because uh, i i knew from the start like diego told me that i could be creative with it so uh when i was tracking guitars if i felt like i, I should slide to a different note instead i would just record it like that and i would just take these tiny uh you know bits of creativity here and there like just doing kind of what i wanted or what i thought sounded better on every instrument and uh it ended up as a whole just you know adding up and turning the song to sounding uh, pretty different at the end and so I would, i would just do this and then send a rough version not very to yago and he would tell tell me if he thought it was good or not but usually he would say it was really good so <laughs> i ended up I'm, having I'm a lot to, to say on the on the actual writing of the album at the end of the day i guess so so yeah even though it started initially as your own project and and all the the songs and the ideas originated with you yago it kind of developed into a collaborative effort sounds like right yeah for sure i mean like to be honest that is kind of also what I did want from the beginning with this project is that I, and in the future, like I would also like to have uh, more, more musicians involved. I think it would be, it would be nice because uh, for me, it's, it's kind of fun to have uh, different inputs from creativity. I don't, I don't, you know, like, I I am a bit like, I like to write the main structure kind of thing of, of, of whatever, because uh, most of the times when I write music is a lot of personal stuff. Uh, so I do tend to write kind of the main structure, but then I do like to have a lot of creative input as well from the outside. Yeah, um, uh, you you are originally uh, like your your main instrument, uh, the drums, right? Yeah. Um, but but um, as you said earlier, um, you also playing keyboards or piano and 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 stuff so um 
Uh, would you say you're a multi-instrumentalist or you're just getting by with these other instruments? I get by. I would say I get by. <laughs> you you managed to get your point across uh, for others to pick it up who are better on, on the other instruments. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, like, I, I do cheat on, on certain regards, you know, like sometimes maybe it's like things that I cannot do at a certain speed. I will just do it slowly and then speed it up, kind of like get the point across you know and then be like right this is what i want to do uh like i have been uh getting new ideas for what could be you know a, a second album and like here though what i have been doing is a lot more uh midi you know <laughs> just to get the ideas kind of through easier but uh but yeah yeah also like to be fair uh lucas has like an amazing ear so <laughs> it's just a It's, you know, it's like one person that can just hear what you have and be like, right, I get it. And then just provide. <laughs> yeah, well, you mentioned, uh, apart from Lucas, you mentioned already Jerome and Anais. Um, so would you consider like this, uh, um, like like the, the kind of core band and you have some some collaborators or some guests like the cellist um, on Flesh, Flesh and Bone, was it? Right. Um, Uh, yeah. or 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 is or is like the two of you is this the core band or is it just you <laughs> um well to be honest like for um for the the, the album itself it, it was like you know uh, the people that obviously have been present so far but if it would come well it will come eventually to a live scenario Uh, I will probably have to find like a few because like a few other musicians because like I know for example Jerome has his own like um, project which I'm kind of also starting to take part in. It's like this uh, doom stoner metal kind of thing um, okay. he's got going. Um, so obviously he's busy with that and he already told me like he would probably not have time for it. I I don't really know about Anais like with her job and everything. I I would have to. With her. I mean, it's not something that I have actually like dived uh, so deeply into yet, but I, I would love to eventually play gigs. So, uh, so yeah, like once the time comes, I'll, I'll look more, uh, more, more seriously into it and then see what people are up for it. And yeah, like at the moment, it's, it's not really what's on my mind 100%. I think I would like to have a bit more of a um, uh, repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so uh, I I couldn't really tell you what what the band itself is like. I also I am very um, comfortable with the idea of having people coming and going and like, so yeah, it really it really depends on on what happens in the future. I'm really easy going with it. I'm not stuck to an idea, and that's it. So you're you're not married to one band uh, lineup. You're rather. Uh keeping it uh, polyamorously open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me, very open-hearted. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, you, ma you mentioned the repertoire and, and, and uh, in your first uh, long answer, you already kind of gave, a, gave a, a, a vague idea of the three main songs and the perspectives. Um, yeah, I mean, the first one that you released was Amaze, part one and part two in March. 2020 and uh, then along came the path of the lost in june 2020 mm -hmm. with the uh lyrics video from van prog box studios prog space graphic 
um, magician who's also responsible, of course, for the graphics of the Proc Talks. Um, we will link the video, of course. You guys uh, go check it out. If you're on YouTube, you will be able to click a link somewhere, probably up there. Um, yeah, so that, that was uh, almost one and a half years ago. Uh, <laughs> Time goes fast. <laughs> so when when you were releasing those, um, yeah, singles um, back then, did you... Um, did you already have like a different um, schedule to finish the whole thing in mind and it just like didn't work out or you just wanted to put them out and then deal with the rest finishing the album later? Uh, well, so like this was actually so long ago, I actually like, think back. <laughs> But uh, so... I remember actually Amaze was written back in 2017, I think, when I was still in Scotland, actually. And back then there was no even an idea of, of a band or anything. Uh, it was just like a, a random song that I pulled off of just again of, you know, like going through the feelings, I guess. Uh, and then obviously eventually when I started the, the whole, like when I just wanted to create something, um, well, there was that to start with. And then obviously the idea of like, hey, let's, you know, let's like, guess talk about something meaningful or something that we can, I can just like, it's, it's like my diary almost in a way, you know, it was like where I just throw my shit where I was like, this is what's making me feel shit. So I'm just going to write about this. Um, so, uh, so yeah, like uh, the thing is that when I released actually The Path of the Lost, I don't think, yeah, no, the album wasn't actually written by then uh or finished it was like i had a few ideas here and there and then we had this like huge strict lockdown in spain where we couldn't leave the house for anything so like i actually kind of wrote the rest of the album within a few months pretty much uh which was kind of handy i guess to be locked at home <laughs> it's like <laughs> the best out of it Uh, and then obviously my idea was to hopefully be able to come back to, to Berlin at some point and, you know, meet up with Jerome and carry on with the whole tracking process as we did with, uh, with Mason, uh, and like, yeah, kind of proceed with it. But it, yeah, like obviously things didn't really quite work out because the whole thing extended for a lot longer than expected. Uh, and on, yeah, we just had to do everything online. So, you know, like trying to get some of the studio space and all for like a nice to record your vocals and stuff. It was, it was a bit of a mess, to be honest, because it was all like uh, uh, me talking with Jerome, who had some equipment to take a nice to studio to record and like all of this whole. Yeah, uh, it was it was a bit chaotic <laughs> as well. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you, you, I didn't really I mean, I did want to like release the actual album by like the end of 2021 or something like this at first i don't know it was it was kind of ridiculous but yeah, yeah it really got delayed a lot i'm hoping that the next uh one will go a bit smoother <laughs> yeah well we we talked a little bit about the logistics and the timeline and and of course the 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 lyrical um like content um the conceptual uh things but we haven't actually touched on how the music itself sounds like and 
Um, I, th- I think for anyone who who will be familiar with the maze and the path of the, of the lost, uh, they might be a little bit surprised about the very very first uh, bars of opening uh, blues. Whatever's going on there, and, <laughs> that was <surprising> too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean uh, the the both the maze and the path of path of the lost were both already like quite long, um, like, I don't know, six or eight minute songs with a lot of different parts um, where you would go from, I don't know, merry-go-round uh, children's melody to savage gent breakdown in a matter of seconds. Um, and uh, yeah, the title track, uh, which is, you already mentioned that three tracks have lyrics and that is of course the two singles and then the title track, which is even longer around 15 minutes or so. And of course there's even more time to put in more influences. Um, so uh, when you, when you start, um, start with the song, start um, writing a song, did you like, you just um, do it and like set yourself no boundaries whatsoever and throw throw together what whatever comes to mind first. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, this uh, when when I start writing a song, I I usually write a few minutes and then I like go into this massive like block and then just leave it for like a bunch of months <laughs> 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 and then start like 20 new ones <laughs> but uh no i mean i i don't really go with like a specific idea i'll sometimes just be you know just playing a bit and guitar or piano and stuff and then be like okay this this kind of sounds cool so i'll just like record that and then i'll just keep putting ideas together and like eventually it's like, okay this goes good with this so i'll like kind of try to go from one part to the other and mix them up and like yeah just just kind of whatever feels good in in the in the moment i just put this uh, together and then that's kind of how the whole process goes along so some days actually the path of the loss was probably the fastest one to be written that was like within i think i don't know like five or six days that was written actually it was super quick that was one of those um like <laughs> sat down and the whole thing just came out if you are enjoying this interview please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews articles pictures and interviews all about progressive music you can also find us on facebook twitter and instagram theprogspace.com Yeah, Yago, you just mentioned that um, uh, how you put things together while writing, how it how it went down the writing process, and then send send the stuff back and forth with Lulu. Um, at this point, were the others uh, already also involved, or did you did you um, like finish the songs, uh, the songwriting process, the part? Uh, with Lulu and then went to uh, the other musicians involved in order for them to record their parts? Um, So, well, first, actually, uh, Maze was actually released and then The Path of Loss was written after that. Uh, 
And then like after the release of The Path of the Lost was when we kind of like, well, I, I finished writing the rest of the album. And that's when I started sending the rest of the pieces to like, uh, to Jerome, Donais, to Mark. And then uh, usually Lulu would be the last person to receive everything since like, obviously uh, Lulu was doing vocals, guitars plus mixing. So uh, it would be kind of like, I would get all the files back from, from everyone. And then I would send it to Lulu and then Lulu would just deal with it. So the Jerome and, uh, and Anais, you said are in Berlin. Did you, uh, were you with them when they recorded or did they do that on their own? No. So, uh, for uh, Amaze, we did this together. Uh, Jerome and I, uh, uh Jerome and I and, and myself, uh, and then for the rest, it was all separate. So I was, uh, sending the files to them in Berlin to Mark in, in Scotland. Uh, and then obviously they sent me back this and then uh, to, to Lulu in France. So it was a like, quite international project to be honest at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I think the, this, this kind of, uh, um, production is getting more and more common, even, I think even before and without the pandemic, it's like with the internet, it's just, um, so much easier to, to have an international project with people you want to collaborate with. Um, you don't have to, you know, board a plane and fly somewhere <laughs> would have been it's nice been for a long time, yeah. <laughs> would have been nice in that, that that's of course but but it's of course also um, um uh a question of budget right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, but we were also talking about the you know how the music sounds and how diverse it sounds so um uh, Yago being the initiator and the, the, the primary composer, um, what, what, what would you say are your like main influences? Uh, I mean, I think probably, uh, well, it's, it's funny actually, because the, the, the music itself, especially, well, the, the, the first two releases were compared mostly to Muse. Uh, and also some people even said, um, System of a Down, uh, surprisingly. Uh, well, the funny that, that there is a lot of more growling going on than than with Muse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The funny part about this all is that I, I actually, and shame on me, I guess, I actually didn't really discover Muse until like, I don't know, like six months ago or so. So like way after the album was actually done. And obviously once I, I like started listening to their stuff, I was like, Shit, this is amazing. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was kind of surprising. And and one of I did know like one song. Uh, what's it called? Butterflies and Hurricanes, is it? Um, from like, but this was from like a video game. Like I think it was a Formula One game from two thousand and five or something like this. Like I, I just because they had it in the intro, and I remember I really liked this song. But I was really the only one song I knew from them. And then obviously after having all of this people commenting on on the song saying that like it, it had this really musy vibe that's when i kind of went on to, to check them and then i actually totally did love uh their, their stuff uh and i i could see the 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 similarities i guess in the music but uh i think also a lot of uh lulu's voice maybe has to do with it i am i mean i don't know melody wise perhaps too but i, I mean I don't know. It was just, yeah, yeah, there you go. 
This one is also nice, old school. Oh, yeah, that's actually one of my favorites. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And showbiz. I also do love showbiz quite a lot. I have a. Oh, you have it there somewhere, don't you? (laughs) It's hard to say if it's a big influence for me vocally. I'm not quite sure because it's like a little bit, but I, I, I get why people would think I'm super influenced by him, but it's more like, I feel like it's more like I. We both want to do the same things vocally with our head voice and the vibrato and stuff, but I don't necessarily do it because of of the muse singer, you know. So it's a bit hard to say if he really influenced me that much for the vocals. I'm not quite sure. Probably a little bit for sure, but yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. When when Yago sends you these files with the totally diverse music, is it? Um, how how was it for you, Lulu? To did did you sometimes say, ah, this doesn't fit in there, <laughs> or did you just uh, yeah. roll with it? <laughs> roll with most of it. Uh, a, a lot of both, I guess. <laughs> there there was definitely parts where I was not quite sure what to do, but uh, it ended up working out. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have much to say about it. I guess. <laughs> Um, I, Yago, I, I know, uh, like, uh, since we've been talking, uh, for, for some time now, um, yeah, since uh, probably before, before the release of the singles, um, I, I got to know you a little bit and I know you also like stuff like, you know, uh, folk and power metal and, and, and all these kinds of things that are not necessarily, um, present so much in the sound of Aqua Furtive. Um, would you consider some some sounds, some genres, or some vibes not uh, to be fitting for for that project? Um, or would you say anything goes, anything's possible? I actually funny <laughs> you mentioned that because. Uh, the, I think, uh, I mean, I've been putting a bunch of ideas together for, for like what I would like it to be, I guess the, the second album and it's, it's kind of more going, how they say balls to the wall with, with, uh, genre mixing. I kind of just want to even mix it up more and make it a lot more diverse. Uh, even, uh, yeah, even yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> yes, actually, I, I feel like I didn't, uh, uh, you know, like. Explore the diversity like, enough. <laughs> yes, I, I actually have like a lot of kind of ideas in the back of my head that I really want to mess about with. And it, it's almost like a playground to me, you know, it's, it's kind of like, why not? Like, <laughs> I, I'm at the end of the day, I guess I'm writing the music for, for myself. It's just like something I want to have fun with. So it's like, I'm not really looking to please a certain type of crowd or anything. So it's just more like, I'm just going to do whatever comes up. Um, just go with it and this is for me it's just i want to write music that i know i will have fun while playing it later on i think that that and obviously something that you know like that i will also enjoy listening at some point and be like okay how how come just go crazy here and just like (laughs) (laughs) wonderful um what uh, does aqua furtiva mean by the way uh it, it's like the literal translation and yeah, I, yeah i'm gonna i'm just i'm just gonna like 
It, it literally just means like stolen waters in Latin, but uh, the name, I guess I was just like looking for a name and it was like... It sounded cool. We, yeah, exactly. It was pretty much, there's not really much thought behind it. It was just like, okay, I get that sounds all right. And just went with it. <laughs> Didn't really give much thought. Awesome. Um, yeah, before we wrap this up, I want to take the opportunity and ask Lulu a little bit uh, about what you've been um, yeah, doing lately, apart from Aquifortiva. Is there any, any other releases involving you um, coming soon? I'm afraid of, of forgetting about something. I don't want to say, no, there's nothing. And then I forget that I did something <laughs> huge, but not really. I'm doing uh, I'm doing small jobs for people who pay me for mostly production, sometimes a few solos. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a big keys collab that you know about. Uh, but I don't know if it's official yet, so I won't, <laughs> won't say it. But, no, no, not really, but people will see it when it's out. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Other than that, now nah, a few secret things maybe personally, but uh, nah, nothing to announce right now. So, so yeah. at least nothing uh, from uh, that's that is like a project by your like initiated by yourself, right? Uh, as I think the the second Solida album thirteen oh. Tez, is coming yeah. up. Very soon as well. Um, and it's going to be huge. Yeah. It did take a big, a big part into it, into, into producing it. And there's even a, a middle section of a song that I wrote myself that I'm really proud of. And uh, I'm going to be really happy to, to see it getting released and have people hear it. Uh, I'm sorry, Yago, I was going to say, I think it's the best <laughs> production I've made. Uh, it's not the best like album, but like it's a, I think it's my proudest mix to date. But, uh, but I mean, it's... Uh, it's more recent also than Aquifortiva, actually. So, in a way, but uh, yeah, yeah, of course we're gonna it in a year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk uh, uh, to Lola uh, soon for the Proc Talks as well. I just talked to cool. her today, and she she started sending out press scripts to 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 magazines. Very exciting. I really love the album. I I was yeah. um, I was uh, lucky enough to to receive uh, a secret download a couple of I'm weeks a, ago I'm the only one in this room that hasn't heard it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to hear it, man. It's so good. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah. I can't wait for people out there to, to hear it. Um, and also, uh, of course, Road to Square One, uh, debut album by Aqua Futiva. Dropping April 1st. Um, follow Aqua Futiva everywhere on the socials. We will put all the links in the description as always and uh, thank you guys thank you uh yago thank you lulu uh for talking to us today it was really fun um as expected <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah also don't forget to follow us and like and subscribe and comment you know the drill and uh get us a cup of tea <laughs> really appreciate it that was it for today uh thanks for listening thank thanks for tuning in uh, thanks for choosing us today. Until next time. See you, see you next flight. Yeah. <laughs> Take <Bye>. care. And <laughs> Bye -bye. keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Runebelsvik Reynos. Produced by Runebelsvik Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. 
All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.